0: With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit hackerone.com today and rest easy, knowing that your AI is in safe hands.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
0: to get through debt-free, to get to security, to now at work flexibility. See, I'm taking notes. I hope y'all taking notes. Yeah, I
1: see.
0: (laughs) I hope y'all taking notes. If y'all ain't taking notes... CJ, put the camera on me. Take her off the screen. Listen. A-O. What's happening? No captain. We are A.O. About to get a play Go Pull up to the table. Let's go. One of the things I do not like uh, within this particular generation is when you get, like, these particular groups, these particular people who are always saying, hey, come to me, you'll make a $1,000 every single day for the rest of your life. Or, you know, come to me and I'll wipe off all your sit-alone debt. Or... What we're going to talk about today? How about you retire early? Retire in your twenties. Retire in your thirties. There's this organization that I have good friends in uh, that are part of this, you know, this whole movement of fire, financial independence, retire early. And I'll be honest with you all, okay? I'll be honest with you. You know, um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do believe in in, in a lot of their principles because. Their principles teach you to live way below your means so you can have financial independence. And I like to say so you can have financial freedom, but also it's like, yo, live way, way, way below your means so you can retire early. And so I thought I would bring on someone who who has really gotten into this space and kind of created her own little curve into this space um, to really walk us through you know, how to really gain this financial independence that um, I teach, that she teach, as you will learn, and also how to actually enjoy your life <laughs> while you're going out to the financial independence. And so you can retire early. Here's one thing that I don't like, and I'm going to bring in my girl. I don't believe in retirement because my thing is when you, are, when you truly have financial independence, it sets you up to where you can actually enjoy doing the thing that you do for the rest of your life. So I'm never retiring from this. Y'all are going to be with me until the day I die. <laughs> y'all are going to hear from me on YouTube, on TV, on radio. You, you call it. I'm going to be on my deathbed. I'm going to say goodbye to my wife. I'm going to say goodbye to my kids. I'm going to say goodbye to my grandkids. And then I'm coming to y'all. The table It's done. I'm going home to see the Lord. Um, Because I I, I don't believe that you retire from what you enjoy. I believe that you may step down. I believe that you may step aside and let someone else stronger um, in the usefulness really lead. But as far as in my company, no. No, I'm not. Uh, My mentor, Dave Ramsey. I think he may eventually turn over. He is. He'll eventually turn over, you know, the company to his son and to his kids. But please believe Dave Ramsey is not getting off the Ramsey show. That's that's his bread and butter. You know, that's his heart. He loves serving people. And so today, I really want y'all to tune in and dive in because today we're going to really talk about how do we really get to this financial independence level? How do we really get to this freedom and how do we really set ourselves up to really enjoy the rest of our lives free? And today I have an expert in this space, a, a, a queen that I fully support, I fully uh, endorse because she's really gotten into this thing and, and, and done it right, you know? And so I always pronounce her name wrong. Uh, so I'm gonna say it right this time. It is Jamila uh, is joining us today at the table. What's up sis, how you doing?
1: What's up, Anthony? Yo, so did I say your name right? you did you got it
0: thank god yes lord all right all right let's get it um so let's let's dump let's let's dive straight into it all right uh because my people uh because you're on my show they love you they don't even know too much about your story um uh, but no let's give them a little bit about your story in like 30 seconds tell us about your financial journey like where you've been and where you are today from a financial perspective
1: Sure. So I'm Jamila Soufran, and I'd say everything you said about the FIRE movement, I actually agree with just now. And I'm still within the space kind of also now guiding and journeying on the path to financial independence. I used to work full time in corporate America, was unhappy with my job, starting a family and knew that I didn't want to be there forever. And so I had to create a plan to get out, yeah. which is what led me to the financial independence movement. And when I started the journey years ago... I started to document what I was doing. We started to save and invest more, my husband and I, as we were growing our family. And over that time, we were able to save and invest $169,000 in two years. In two? Two years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And from that part of the journey in that aspect, I realized, and now starting Journey to Launch within that time, which is my podcast and my company, what life could look like for me while I'm journeying on the path to ultimate freedom. Kind of skip forward a couple years later, I was able to quit my job right after giving birth to my third child. Wow. And now I'm an entrepreneur full time, earning more money than I did when I was working in corporate America when I did have a six figure job. And I'm here to share this this testimony of what financial independence can look like, how it can be more relatable to more people like us. Because when I first started listening to the podcast and reading the blogs, it was coming from a certain demographic and a certain set of people that I knew would not understand like where I came from. And I knew that if other people like me were to hear that, they'd be like, oh, no, this is not for me. And there is a lot of, you know, criticism you can give the FIRE movement and like, is it possible? Is it real? But I do think, like you said, the foundational work that it takes for you to reach financial independence, like it doesn't even matter if you actually reach it. It's what I like to call a moon goal. It's like a high goal. And we can talk about what financial independence actually means, because I think that's going to be important to set. But if you fail at this goal that you set, this moon goal, you will not be in a worse position. You'll be in a better position no matter where you land, because the pure act of trying to attempt to reach this will put you in a better position. And again, I'm a testimony to that because I'm not financially independent completely yet, but I would like to say I'm work flexible. I have enough money where I don't have to do what I'm doing actually right now. I can take a break. I can pause. It doesn't mean I don't ever have to work again, but I have more options. I have more freedom in my life. And that's because I started the journey to financial independence. And my life changed so quickly in the matter of five years since starting this. And I know other people can reach these levels. And that's what I want to tell people to do. And I want to share what this is like.
0: So let's go there. All right. So let's, let's right. I love how you're keeping it like so real and so good. Right. What exactly does financial independence mean?
1: Yes. So the technical definition of financial independence is having enough money saved and invested in your investment accounts, retirement accounts, in just investments where that money passively or, you know, it's, it's giving you enough to live, to pay for your expenses. Yeah. So ultimately, you don't have to actively work again. You literally have whatever amount you need to survive on an annual basis, monthly basis, is sitting in an account or it's invested in real estate or some other business where you're not actively having to work. So it's having all the money you'll ever need uh, and where you, you're just good. You don't, again, need to work.
0: So asking your question, I got that part. So does financial independence mean you have no debt or does it just simply means you have enough income to provide for your life and your life may include debt car notes or whatever
1: it can include that so it depends what your journey and how your level of debt um what you're comfortable with right so the way i look at it is you can have enough money to pay off your debt like your net worth is positive at the end of the day if you wanted to pay off your debt but if you're more advanced in this journey and you're using debt as a leverage to build more investments then it's fine but It's different for some people. I know some people who are financially independent and they have no debt. They have no mortgage. They don't play around with debt. They don't like it. I know people who are financially independent and they're using debt to buy more property or to invest in things and they're able to manage it, but they would have enough money to pay off that debt if they really wanted to. Okay, 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 okay. I got you.
0: You know me, I like the other side no debt, no mortgage, financially independent. But, you know, I am evolving. And so I, I, I really do understand that there are certain people in the world who can um, who can use certain things uh, to, you know, to maximize another opportunity. So I rock with it. I'm learning more and more. I'm evolving, Jamila. I'm, I'm evolving. Everyone's like, Anthony, Good for you. are you so still so harsh? I'm like, well, I mean, I, for me, I'm on the no-debt route. But then also I understand. Um, one of my mentors is not a part of the fire movement, right? But he is like in this whole financial independence thing and he leverages mortgages. So he'll go out there and just leverage mortgages and have a whole bunch of rental properties. Um, but he leverages debt for that. So I'm like, okay, cool beans. I mean, that's the only debt that he does. He doesn't do car notes. Um, he doesn't do credit cards. Uh, he does charge cards and pays it off every month. And I'm like, Wow. Uh, he's he's doing his thing. I'm like, okay, all
1: right. there's some. In, there you have to be intentional if you're using debt in this way. And I will say also, it's this is not a strategy for everyone. Come on now. A anyway. lot of people can't manage. A lot of people can't manage debt in general. Yeah. And that's why credit card companies win. Like ultimately, I can Like me, I charge everything and I paid off every month. Good. I'm okay with debt. I I can manage that. Right. But. I'm winning in that aspect. But then when you look at what the credit card companies are doing, a lot of people are not able to pay off their balances. And so you have someone like me who can get free travel and points, and it's working for me. You have someone who's not financially prepared based on where they are mentally, why, like where their cash flow is, and they're trying to do some of the things that I'm doing, and they're not prepared for they're it. They're not. So I agree with you that it's not for everybody.
0: I agree. And it's like, I can do that. I can do you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I. <laughs> It's just that the other 90, as a minority, we are two minorities on this show, right? I'm just speaking to the majority for the first time. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I want to help them get to a point to where I didn't just, we didn't change their life financially, but we've also changed their life mentally. So once they get out of debt, get a fully funded emergency fund, um, and they are investing in the right places. Now, what they do after that, after they've shifted, it's up to them. You know, once they've matured in the area of money- Yo, go enjoy life. Go do what you want to do.
1: And and this is part when I say like the journey to financial independence, this is part of it. So what I like to do is break down financial independence, this moon goal. Okay. Like this big goal of not having to ever work again. You have all the investments and money needed. What does that look like on someone's journey? So great. And so I've broken it out into stages and steps to make this more accessible, um, for someone who's listening. So whether you're in debt or maybe you're at the stage of building your assets, like what does this mean to reach financial independence? So there's five stages, five, the fifth stage, five stages. The fifth stage is financial independence, but I want to go back to stage one. Okay. So if you're watching, listening, I'd love to hear if you're going to like, you know, get some feedback on this show, Anthony, like where you find yourself on these in the stages I'm about to say. So first stage is getting to financial stability, meaning you're not able to cover your bills. Um, you're in the red every month. Maybe you're putting things on credit cards. You're unable to live without going into debt. Maybe things are out of order and you're just coming to this like, I can't even like pay my light bill or I'm struggling. Yeah. So your sta- what your goal is in this stage is to get to financial stability. You wanna at least be able to pay your living expenses to get your head above water so you can start now making some progress, right? So that's stage one. So after you've reached financial stability, meaning at least now you are paying for what you need to pay for without going further into debt, you have a budget together, you're able to, to pay your lifestyle. And again, obviously there are things within these stages to help you do that, yeah. but I'm just going to go over the overall stages. So stage one, financially, being financially stable. stable. After, after you're financially stable, the next stage is becoming debt free. So you're in this stage right now and you're working on becoming consumer debt free. I typically don't include mortgages or student loans in this debt-free stage. I, I, I usually include uh, consumer debt, okay. just because sometimes these are so large for people like the mortgages and student loan debt. So I'm like, let's put that to the side for now. Okay. Let's focus on your consumer debt. So in this stage, you're working on becoming consumer debt-free. You have a budget together. You're working on paying off all your debt. And again, these stages can take a while depending on how you are financially, how your income is, how your expenses are. Yeah. Once you become debt-free, consumer debt-free, next stage is financial security. So this is at the stage in which instead of sending your money to debt, you can now send it to your investments. You're building your investments. You're growing your net worth. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's growing. So you're now able to build security. Depending on your lifestyle, your financial goals, it, that's going to depend on how long you're going to be in this stage. Okay. The next stage after that, stage four, is what I like to call work flexibility, Work flexibility means you're not financially independent yet. You still may have to work for some income, but you can take breaks if you want to, whether that's to have children, travel the world, you can start a business. You have flexibility in what you choose to do for work. And at this stage, hopefully you are now choosing things you love to do because you're, you, you have the options to do that. That's the stage I'm in now, where I have work flexibility. I can choose to say no to certain things in my business. I can take off in my business. I don't need the paycheck every week or every month from what I'm doing right now. The next stage from that is financial independence. So complete financial independence where you don't have to work again. Now, I know I made that seem really simple, but really those five stages breaks down what you need to do and accomplish to get to the ultimate goal of financial independence. And each stage is not just one week or one month. You know, getting out of debt, That stage, the second stage can take years, depending on your debt situation. Becoming financially secure can take years, five years, maybe depending on what you consider financially secure. And here's the thing with this journey that we're all on. It's going to be, it's individual to what we want and what we want our lifestyle to be. Because I know people who can live on a lot less than I do. I'm a family of five. I have three kids, husband. We live in Brooklyn, New York. So we have a certain lifestyle and things that we like to do. Whereas maybe if it's someone else, maybe someone single not living in a high cost of living area can live on a lot less. So they would have maybe reached financial independence based on what we have in assets. But for us right now, we would need more. So your journey is going to be individual based on your lifestyle, your income, your expenses. But I broke it down that way because I found that when I talked about financial independence, like, oh, all the money you ever need invested and saved. It's like, really, Jamila, but I have this much debt. I, you know, I don't even know where to start when it comes to investing. It just seems too far off. I'm not even going to try it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's dial it back. Find where you are on, in these stages. There are particular things you work on in each stage and understand it's a process. You're not going to get to financial independence, you know, snapping your finger. Right. It's going to take a while. But I promise you this, you will find more options, more freedom while you are on the path. You don't have to wait for financial independence to experience that.
0: This is beautiful. We got stability, consumer debt-free, security, work flexibility, and financial independence. Those are your five steps.
1: The five journey or stages. That's what I like to call them.
0: Five journey or stages. I I like the five journeys or stages. I like that. I really do like that. I want to go back to stability because I think the record shows that, not record, but studies are showing that nearly 80% of the people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. So to me, it's like would you say in your opinion that those 80% of the people are not stable or do they just need to get out of debt
1: i think there's a needs to be a big distinction on there's different groups right there are people who literally are not making enough money like are not earning a living wage to live a decent life that we all deserve to live yes and so that's an issue yeah. that's a problem and we can't like tell people who are in that situation just budget more they don't make enough and they're struggling. They need that. That's a whole nother problem. Mm-hmm. Then there's a large part of that, a part of, like a population who is living paycheck to paycheck that literally can pay their bills and are making enough money, but they're not making the right financial decisions. They're not prioritizing and they're not balancing the future and the now. Mm. And they do earn enough. They just have to manage it better. Yeah. So I think we need to be careful about like not lumping everyone together because it's insensitive to the people who really can't pay their bills and need more like support right. um, in this country and elsewhere versus the people where it's just like, you know what, though, now it's going to take some accountability on your end and realization of what you want like out of life to do something different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what about so you're right, because I mean, uh, Myers, um, it's not Myers. Hold on. I have it right here. I studied this thing like. I read it all the time. Um, hold on, I'm. I'm I got to find this thing because I'm like, man, this is crazy. Um, it is called the Oh McKinsey and Company, right? They came out with a study called "The Economic State of Black America: What Is and What Could Be." And inside of this study, you're so good, and how you said we need to divide the two. One of them was that uh, nearly 48% of African American males will make less than $38,000 this year, this year. Um, And then the average person in America makes $42,000, right? And so someone making $38,000 a year, depending on where you live, but for the most part, that's a rough life. How do we, like in your five stages, right? If this person was to come to you and say, hey, listen, I live in this such and such city. I'm only making $32,000 a year. I got a family of two, I got a. I got two kids as a single mother. Um, I'm trying to get stable on your journey, your five stages of journey. What should I do? Like, what would you tell that that young lady, uh, Jamila?
1: Yeah, so one, I just have a lot of empathy. I was raised by a single mom myself. We came to this country. I'm from originally from Jamaica and literally we were living Without much with family members until my mom got stable and was able to push forward and the way she did it. And what I would advise if you are in the situation to do is she focused on getting a career, having an education. So it it took a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot of sacrifice, but she literally was working you know, at Burger King and going to night school. And sometimes taking me, or and you know, luckily I was with my grandmother when I had to be. But I would say if you're in this stage, it's to focus on how do you gain skills and become employed in the area that has growth for your income. Yeah. And focus in those areas, like on your income, on your mindset, in order to help you earn more and get yourself in a better situation. And understanding that it's not gonna be an overnight thing. It's gonna take a while, it took her a while, but um it's it's unfortunate that so many people are in that situation, but I'd say that it's possible to get out, and the first step is just believing that it can be done.
0: I like what you said. You was like, "Yo, believe one," and then two, it was like, "Hey, listen, um, focus on finding a career."
1: You know, and let me just say this: it's funny when you're talking about that what thirty eight thousand and how that's low. And so, I think what also turns people off about the fire movement, which is when I first started. I used to hear people like I only spend $20,000 a year. There's some people still who do that, but they enjoy that. Like it's a choice to spend that little. Everyone or most people that I've met that have reached financial independence or are well on their way, including myself, the deciding factor was their income. Mm. They were earning a lot of money, even if they chose to spend less. Right, It was a choice. Right, And I think what turns people off about this movement or about the idea of spending so little is that we came, you know, maybe our parents came from poverty or we came from poverty. And so we're like, why would we why would we choose to do that? Like, it's our time to thrive. It's our time to like, enjoy our lives. And I agree with that. And so if it's a choice that you're living on less and you are, you know, living on twenty twenty five thousand dollars, that's one thing. But to tell someone who's already struggling that, well, I'm living off of only this, like, why can't you? That's different because the mindset and the privilege of the security blanket of the income is not there. Um, And so it's something that I just feel like it needs to be addressed and said just so that, like, if people start to Google now, like, fire movement and you see all these some people who are not spending a lot of money, it's not it's not appealing (laughs) um, for a lot of people. But, you know, I will say and if, you know, we get to this part of the conversation that sacrifice is necessary to get through the stages, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be complete deprivation. It doesn't have to be miserable. I'm a big proponent of enjoying the journey and finding ways to have joy along the way.
0: So. No, I mean, I, and I think I think we need to go there. But, but thank you for saying that, you know, because I think a lot of people look at them like, well, I'm only living off of twenty five thousand dollars. Well, I'll tell America right now, I'm not only living off of twenty five thousand uh, dollars and I will not live only off of twenty five thousand dollars. That's not for me. That's not what I desire. Um, and I think that one thing I love about what what you're teaching is when you establish that financial independence. Right you choose the life that you want. So if that's, I only want to spend 15 grand a year. That's your choice. If you want to spend a hundred grand a year, that's your choice. You know, and I think that's what I love about what I do. What you're teaching is, Hey, our end goal is not so you can retire. Our end goal is so you can have financial freedom. So you can have financial options. So you can have peace. You can have joy. And you can choose what you want to do. But I, I want to go to what you just said, because you said to get there is going to require some sacrifice. It, 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 yes. it, it really is. So, like, I'm curious, what were some of the sacrifices you and your husband had to personally go through to get to the stage that you're on right now? And you said, hey, I'm not at, I'm not at, you know, my number five just yet. But it's like, yo, you, you, you still, you're at the work flexibility. you at number four on your own stages. But to get from stability, to get through debt-free, to get to security, to now at work flexibility. See, I'm taking notes. I hope y'all taking notes. Yeah, I
1: see.
0: I hope y'all <laughs> taking notes. If y'all ain't taking notes, CJ, put the camera on me. Take her off the screen. Listen, if y'all ain't taking notes, when I bring her back on this screen, y'all better get your pen and paper out. OK, stop DMing me, asking me questions. How do I do this? What do I do? Da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. Stop asking. Listen and write. I was so upset I didn't have my iPad, you know, because this year I am maximizing this year. And every person that I have on my show, I'm taking those. So if I'm taking those and I'm I'm financially independent, you better be taking those because we have an amazing woman On this stage, on and at this table, giving us wisdom. All right, let's bring her back in. So, so, so Jamila, what, what are some of the sacrifices? I'm, I'm curious that you and your husband had to go through to get to where you all are today.
1: Right. So this is all going to be relative. And when I say the amount that we saved and invested, that is a factor of our income. Yeah. Obviously, we are making a good enough income to be able to save and invest that much. But really, it was not living like we were earning that amount of income. You know, we could have had at one point we had nicer cars in our 20s. We did that. Um, But when it was time we started having kids, it was like, all right, let's give up the luxury car. Let's get economical cars that don't have, you know, that don't need premium gas, you know, that don't have (laughs) like notes that we have to pay every month. Let's be practical. We're not going on fancy vacations. We're not instead of just going out when we want. Let's put a limit on how much we go out to eat. Yeah. So really, like we could have been living larger based on what we were earning, but we were living a more simple life. And there were just some things that we just delayed or did not care about spending money on. So for a time, it was like I remember the college days when I was in college, everything was cheap. Like, you know, like we just budget vacations, like cheapest hotel, cheapest flight. So if we did go somewhere, it was cheap. Um, If we did go out to eat, it was like finding like the best deals when we were in this stage. Now, like coming out of that a bit and and taking the foot off the gas a bit, we're able to spend more money in the areas that we want. Now I'm totally leaning into more spending money on the things that bring me back time. But I didn't do that before. I had to focus on. All right. I want to invest and save as much as possible. Just like someone who wants to get out of debt right now. I I, I don't want to be in this debt situation for, for too long. All right. What's my timeline? I want to get out of it in four years. In my case. I was like on a deadline, I was having my babies and I was like, I'm not gonna be working here with three kids traveling an hour and a half, driving one way to New Jersey from Brooklyn. So I have a deadline, I'm gonna invest and save. How much money How much money do we need to do that? And so that was the focus. It wasn't going not to eat. And I'm not saying we didn't enjoy those things, but in that moment, that wasn't the priority. And so once we started to do that, made things automatic, I was started to get more excited about our investments growing, like it was fun. And with that, that's kind of like the sacrifices we made. And I think what happens for people is especially with the kind of messaging that we get is like, yes, we deserve it all. It's our time. Like but a lot of us sometimes are outsourcing our self-worth with material items, you know, and it makes sense based on how we have been treated in this country for the longest and the history here. It's like we deserve to be here and we want to prove that we deserve to be here now. But it's it's often used against us to keep us stuck within these systems that don't give a damn about us. So like, you know, and so again, I'm not saying not to buy like a nice car or the name brand things, but when you're doing it out of order, when you're still stuck in a job you hate, that's only keeping you in change, chains longer than you need to be. And so for me, it wasn't about that. It was about how can I invest in myself? So education wise, um, entrepreneurial like entrepreneurship became something that I was leaning more into. Yeah. How can I do more of that? Yeah. Because that's what's important. And now that I have a good foundation, I'm doing more of the things that I enjoy. And so that's what I want to like tell people that you don't got to give it all up forever. But some things you do have to slow down on or cut back on so you can really get to the things you say that are important.
0: Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think you have to do what you have to do to get to where you want to go. And um, I mean, I had to do that. You know, I had to cut back on certain things. And I literally remember making a lot of money and living like I was dead broke. I remember to the point to where I convinced everyone around me that I ain't had no money when, when I had money, you know, right. I was That's driving a means. real nice car and people were thinking I was broke. And I was like, it's because I needed to act like I was broke to get to where I wanted to go. And I had to really feel that because I was saving money. I was stacking my bread up so that way I could do the things that I wanted to do when It was time for me to do it.
1: And I this is a thing, too, with social media and people who may look at us or and say, well, they're doing that. They're living their life. I want to do that. But you can't compare like people's journeys, because if you knew me back in the day, like you couldn't tell whether out of my friend groups when we were in our 20s, who made what? Because we were all like doing (laughs) Cheap stuff. You know, like I didn't care. Like I was like, it didn't matter that I was making money. Then I was like, I'm going to be saving and or putting money towards things that are important to me. So I just think, like, don't get caught up in trying to compare your journey and catch up with the person who you literally don't know what's in their fuel tank or what's helping them out from behind the scenes. Right. And you're trying to keep up and you can't when you go, you know, when the you turn off the, the app, go home and you're like, well, how, like, why am I not in a better position? It's like, you have no clue where that person started from or the advantages they had or what they sacrificed to get to where they are. Yeah. And I just find that this generation or just some sometimes in this being able to see everything and it's like that fast track stuff. People want it fast. They don't want to do the work. They want to put the effort in to to get some of the things yes. we're seeing now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm right there with you. What do you think in your... As you're on your journey and you're you're coaching people to to get on your journey as well, what do you think are some things that are hindering people from experiencing financial independence from really hitting that goal of like, all right, cool. I I started off on like, you know, I got stable, uh, but then they hit a they hit a wall at getting out of debt or they get out of debt. Now they can't hit that. They're hitting that next wall. They're not really going and accomplishing that the ultimate though the ultimate goal, which is financial independence. I mean, I, I have some ideas on my end from what I see, but I don't really teach the the FI. Uh, but on your end, what do you think?
1: Listen, I think people just tend to not understand that ish is going to happen. There are going to be setbacks, mm-hmm. and there. Things that you're there are going to be things you don't understand. There are going to be things that don't work in your favor, but that doesn't mean that it is an indication or signal for you to give up. And I find that so many people, when things start happening to them, it's like, oh, that's a sign that it's not working. Like they fall back into possibly not trying again. Like you know, they fall fall down and they don't get up, or they say, what's the point? And I'd say that everyone that I've ever spoken to that it's accomplished anything um, worthy in terms of like getting to that next financial goal and continuing on or reaching the heights. You know, like I love to study people who are at a different level than me, like just in terms of like mindset and habits. And it's all the same thing. Like they had their doubts, they had their setbacks, but they just don't stop. And I think what stops most people is this idea, this fear Mm. that something bad happened and therefore like I shouldn't keep going. So a lot of the stuff is mindset and habits. I think a lot of people know what they should be doing. Like you could easily Google how to budget um, you know, debt. Like, there's, a, there's so much stuff on the internet for free, but I think what's happening is people don't know why they're not doing it. Yeah. Like, they know, what, they know what to do, but they don't know why they're not doing it. And some of that stuff is internal. It's a lot of internal work. And what matters is your environment, what you're putting in your ears, what you're reading. All that impacts your ability and your confidence to believe that you, too, can be somewhere where you thought you couldn't be. Like, I could never have believed at first that I could be, like, here with you when I was in my corporate job, because this wasn't even a lane I knew existed. But I was curious. I was persistent. I kept following my interest. I was investing in myself. And I took it one step at a time. And even though there were setbacks or things that always didn't go my way, I was determined not to stop. And I think most people don't understand that, like how much opportunities there are out there for them. They don't even see it because they're looking down all the time. Uh, And I think once you can start to look up And in, you can begin to understand like what can, what your future can hold for you.
0: Yo, you, you are, you're speaking good. And I think people are, I think people are are needing what you're teaching. They're, they're needing your message they need to hear this more and more. Wow. Well, if you just now tuned in to the table, man, welcome back to the table. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. And I am at the table with uh, a good friend, Jamila. And we're talking about how to really get to financial independence. And one of the things when it comes to really getting to financial independence, you guys, is having um, a, a good nest egg, you know, what my grandmama would say, having um, a good savings account, having um, a, an emergency fund, um, having some money for when things happen—they're uh, no longer emergencies; they're just, they just become, you know, an inconvenience. And so you guys know me—I fully support and back and park my money with Prize Pool. I want you all to check them out in the show description below. Prize Pool is going to offer you like point thirty percent on the interest rate. They're going to be—they're giving away. Let's say for example, you have a thousand dollars in your savings account, but they're going to give you a thousand tickets. say so you have five thousand dollars. They're going to give you 5,000 tickets. You're like, well, Anthony, what does tickets have to do with my savings account? Let me tell you. Uh, what I love about prize pool is literally you get put in a pool for a large lump sum prize. So throughout the week, they give away you know a few thousand dollars throughout the month. They give away a close to about $10,000, which is a grand prize. So for you just parking your money in a FDI insured savings account, uh, you get 0.30% plus you may walk away with 5,000, 10,000 even maybe $25,000. You never know. And so it's 100% free. Check them out. You can go to anthonynil.com forward slash savings, or you can click the link in today's show notes. Um, But if you really want that financial independence, you got to have that emergency fund. And um, that is very, very important uh, to really, really have. Uh, uh, Jamila, inside of your five steps, one of the things that you said, which is so good, um, I'm pulling back up my notes, was um, uh, work flexibility, right? Do you believe, does FIRE teach that you shouldn't, like, you should leave your job as soon as you can? Like, Like, you don't have freedom if you have a job. Is that a part of the message.
1: So here's the thing with this. There's no one. I don't believe there's one message anymore in the movement. I think when I first started, that's what I thought, too. I thought you work as long as you can to make as much money as you can, even though you may not be happy, but you're squirreling away money as much as you can. And I realized really quickly I didn't want to do that. Like I would set a goal when I was 33 at the time that I would retire from my corporate job in seven years by the time that I was 40. Yeah. I had my kid a few, my last kid a few years after that, and I was like, "There's no way I'm spending four more years, six more, whatever time was left in corporate America." I, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave that, even if it takes me longer to get to my financial independence number, I will take that because I'm actually creating a life I don't have to retire from. I'm loving what I do, and therefore, it doesn't matter how long it takes. And so, I think that message is actually something I hear a lot more from other people within the space. And it's not just about deprivation, because then what's the point if you're depriving yourself of like a life of joy, working in something that you hate just for the money? I think ultimately it's going to be about where is that common ground of, you know, having, you know, being smart about it. If you you do have a good job and it's not horrible and you find the benefit in it, you know, you don't make it your enemy. Don't make I say never make a situation your enemy or it just fights you back. Make peace with it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like you create joy where you are, no matter where you are. And again, the opportunities from there, because you are more just thoughtful about your life, will come. So, to what was I? I look, I was just on a rant just now about. Yo, man, you were <laughs> teaching journey, good, but... though. You're
0: teaching good. You're teaching good. It was just about, like, but, do, yeah. do, should, should people leave their jobs?
1: So the thing is, it depends on your situation. For me, I, I, I could not have stayed in my job with the opportunity that was presented to me, even though I didn't reach financial independence yet, even though I was walking away from a guaranteed check, the opportunity in front of me, the other lane that I saw in the path, I I would regret that on my deathbed. So I was not gonna like let this up. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people sometimes are like, well, I wanna quit my job, but are you financially ready for that? Mm -hmm. And so the thing that people don't talk about is before I did leave my job, we did have to make sure that we saved up enough money to cover our expenses, My husband, he's a teacher, but his his income doesn't cover all of our expenses. So we had to save the money that we were investing in the retirement accounts and in the investment accounts. We had to now build up what we call FU fund, you know, like a fund in which it's supersized, like it's going to cover what we need until my income starts to kick in. And so I made sure that we were financially stable, that we weren't going to be in risk of losing our house or the kids wouldn't be without before I made the jump. And so for a lot of people, that's going to be an individual choice if you stay working or not, right? I think it's gonna be something that you have to do the math on um, to see if it works. And especially, it depends on what you have to lose. If you're single, you can travel the world and do things different, that's a different type of risk. If you have kids and or a spouse that you gotta get on board with, that's gonna be a different conversation, a different journey. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, so you're a married lady. How long have you been married?
1: Wow, it's gonna be 10 years 10 this year. 10 years? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man, I'm tripping, man. (laughs) (laughs) For, um, you know, I I have a, and you helped me do it, man. And I appreciate your help. Um, You know, I just recently launched a community, a course for single people called the Singles Blueprint, right? On how to maximize our single season and, um, inside my community, I'm not really talking about money because I believe, you know, my friend Dave Ramsey has one of the best courses out there on money, uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't talk to single people how to maximize single seasons. And I was like, man, no one's really talking to us about maximizing our single season. So in the area of finances, if you could go back to your single self, right, and be like, all right, Jamila, I've been, listen, let me give you, let me give you a a sneak peek into 10 years in the future. All right. What would you go back and tell yourself, your single self? Give me, what would it be? Okay, here we go. Three things. What are three things you would tell yourself as a single person to better prepare you for wife life, better prepare you for mother life? And watch this. Better prepare you just for life in general. Mm. Mm, She thinks.
1: Okay, Yeah, no. Well, so I'll say this. My life is not perfect by any means. Right. But before my husband and I got married, we also dated for a long time. We met in college. Okay. Like, so we were together, like, in the trenches with nothing. Yeah. And I feel like I made a pretty good decision in a spouse, and so did he. I think so you. I can so I will tell you what I did. <laughs> so I can tell you, for me, what helped and what I think is, like, ultimately, like, why we're able to do what we're doing today is because we're on, like, one accord for the most part. You know, not in all things, but on most yeah. things is... Because when we first got together, it was nice to meet someone where there was no expectations. Like, we didn't have any money. Like, we were just starting out in our lives. Like, we were, we were freshmen in college. And so we were able to grow together. So for me, what I was looking at was not how much money he had or his potential. I mean, he was playing basketball in college. You know, he didn't he didn't make it to the NBA, but, you know, he was pretty but good. But you were attracted to that. He <laughs> may bring home a check Let we well, get well, you. <laughs> He's still good, by the way. He's watching. He's going like, I'm still good. So, but, um, but in general, what was helpful was that we didn't have any of the money things that we had to look at. Like we didn't like, we had to go on the cheap dates because both of us didn't have any money. Like it, it wasn't like, Oh, like if I think it would be harder maybe, and why it's so much harder for maybe celebrities to meet people or when you have a lot of money, is like, do, does the person like me for yeah. me? And I feel like, the fact that we've known each other for so long it's like oh i can for sure know he just likes me for me or loves me for me and the same because we were together without anything so i think sometimes like when within the single season and again i've had it's been a long time since i've been single but when i look back at it like when i made a choice in my partner it was based on how he treated me Mm. um how he stuck to his word that was big for Mm. me and the type of father i thought and husband he Mm. like is he dependable And it didn't matter how much money he would make. Like, of course, like it's helpful that he has a stable job, but I knew me and I know what my potential is and was. So I wanted him just to be the type of man that I would be proud to call a husband and that my kids could like say that's their dad. And that's, that's what I chose him in terms of like, what was my hardest party? It wasn't how he looked. It wasn't, you know, his basketball skills, although that was appealing. It wasn't his money. It was looking inward at him and, Honestly, like, that has taken us through almost 10 years of marriage now, plus how many other years of dating you each other. You were attracted so. to him, though. Don't, don't play. Of course. Of course. You, you know, you
0: know he was like, oh, he, 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 okay, okay, hey, how you doing? You know, I know, I know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but I really love how you said you focused on his character, not his currency. Oh, And, yes. it, and, and I like that. Like I, I, I,
1: yes, but let me uh, say this, because I don't want to also leave uh-oh. the single women or men astray Uh if they're in this situation. (laughs) But I did judge him based on what he was willing to do or what he had.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Even though though he didn't have a lot of money back then, like he would still take me on dates. They were cheap dates, but he would still do it. Right. And so that mattered to me because it meant that when he did have money that he would do the same because he's doing it without, you know, doing that. And so I don't know. I feel for like the people dating now, especially like with just the narratives that happen now, with how much money people need to spend to like impress people, and/or I don't know, and I have kids myself; I have two sons and a daughter, and I'm just like, wow. What like, would you teach you gotta, your daughter? Like buy a? Because
0: I'm curious two, in this generation, growing up, like yeah, you know what I'm saying. I've had ladies say that they are so disappointed in me because I didn't spend five hundred dollars on them on a date, just well, solely because I have the money.
1: Hmm. I think if you're leading with that like i think i think if you're misleading a woman and that's what you talk about first your money right. and what you can do and then you don't follow through then then you're actually you're leading her on in a way that you should but no nah, hey, these I guys ain't leading with no money like that no well and a lot of people i don't know where it, you have all this money to spend 500 dollars on a date <laughs> like we don't even spend 500 dollars when we go out like what that's I, like that's okay and so i just feel like so my daughter uh-huh. You know, I'm gonna say pay attention to the way he treats you. Pay attention to the way he follows through on his word. He said he was gonna do something that day. Did he do it or did he at least call you to say he couldn't? Like that is big for me. And it seems so small, but it is not. That that's that's not. And if yeah, I felt and if you bring it up, wait, no, 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 no. And if you bring it up to him that it's an issue and he doesn't respond in a way where you can talk about it and gets defensive, that's a problem. So again, I'm talking more about character stuff and it's the same thing I'm gonna teach my son. So I don't believe in teaching your, you know, one gender one thing and the other another. Like you're both gonna learn how to be respectful and how to be respected. It's not just gonna be one or the other, you know? So yeah.
0: Yo, (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. And for those of you all watching right now, if you're single watching this show and You're like, hey, you know, I really want to get around a group of people who are single. Um, You want to get in a community of single people who are maximizing their single season so that one day we could be like Jamila and her great husband. Um, who led with character. Um, I want you to come join our singles community. Now, I'll be honest with you, the singles community is closed, uh, but we are accepting in uh, a few throughout the month uh, into the community. And so you can go to com forward slash waitlist um, or click the link in the show descriptions and you'll be able to join the waitlist. And I think we're allowing like 20 to 25 in a month. And so man, come join us um, and, and do that. So um Jamila as we close the show and as we end the show, I always like to end now with like either giving a scripture or gr- giving um something that like a proverbs or encouraging scripture that you love or that I love and then like something that you affirm that you say to yourself or maybe you say to your kids so I'm curious um what is one scripture that you just enjoy that it just makes you smile or it encourages you or it lifts you. Uh, whenever you read it, or whenever you think about it.
1: Well, I'm not going to front for the people, Anthony. Yeah. I don't know a scripture off the top of my head. Good, <laughs> you know, from memory. I like so you. I'll just <laughs> just going to be honest with that. She was like,
0: "I don't know one." Are you a Christian? I didn't even ask that question, did I?
1: You did not ask that question. You know, it's funny. I have, I, I have my own relationship with God that I am building. Honestly, That's like, oh, so good. I've been. I've been um, of all years, like this year has been really important for me to go back to what I believe. Like if I could say like something like what has turned me off from organized religion is that when they say God made us in his image. Right. Like I believe that. But I believe we come to a place where we as man now have made God in our image. And I have a problem with that. So because of that, I have my own personal uh, relationship that I am. Journeying on with. And uh, so, yeah, like. Yeah. No, listen.
0: <laughs> we keep it real. We keep it relatable mm-hmm. and we keep it relevant at the show. That was real. And I think mm-hmm. that. Thank you for not trying to guess one. Um, thank you for not faking it. Um, but you're right. That man, we have turned the spiritual component around from what I believe God truly intended it for to be. And I do believe that all of us need to have more so of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and with God more so than actually going into a church and allowing organized religion to tell us what to do. I do believe in the power of community. I do believe in the power of yeah. unity. Um, I do believe in the power of fellowship, but nothing is as powerful as you knowing God for yourself and you having a personal relationship with god for yourself so thank you for being the first person on my show in the history of my show to keep it a buck like that um you know because uh, that's important and and watch this you just help so many other people just by doing that so uh that's how we gonna end it y'all and, and, and listen, um, if I'm going to drop all her information below, she just earned some more cool points with me. Um,
1: <laughs> I love it. But I do actually have a quote that just is coming to mind that's been helpful more, more recently, actually, yeah. too. Um, wh- so, one is, I can, I will, I must. Ooh. So, in times in which you feel doubtful of your gifts, and again, like I'm not here by myself, I, I like, they're like, God has been carrying me this whole time. Like, I, There's no way I could have done this on right. my own. And so in my opinion, the things that I'm doing right now, it's like it'd be disrespectful to not follow through on things that he is handing me and to not make the most of this. So I can, I will, I yeah. must. And the last thing would be speak what you seek until you see what you mm-hmm. say. So if there's something that you want in your life, um, if there's something that is important to you, um, it's important to focus on and speak positive words over your life, to surround yourself in communities that speak positively over your life, especially if you're in negative situations. So speak what you seek until you see what you say. Oh,
0: I love that. My uh, my my spiritual mom, Mignon One, says that a lot as well. Speak what you seek until you see what you spoke. So I love it. You know, um, yeah. I will, I must. What was it? I will, I must.
1: I will, I can, I okay. must.
0: I will, I can, I must. If you're a uh, Watching this on YouTube right now, I want you to type that. I will, I can, and I must. Um, You know, I will get out of debt, I can get out of debt, and I must get out of debt. I will become financially independent, I can become financially independent, and I must become financially independent. Um, Because you gotta speak what you want. And you gotta keep going until you see that you're financially independent. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of this show. Uh, check out Jamila's information in the show description. Uh, if you're single, join us with the Singles community. Um, and let's continue maximizing the year 2022. It's your boy Anthony O'Neill, and I'm out. Peace out. Hey,